Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 17, an interview with Stephanie Shackelford about how Toastmasters helped her to become a better writer. Now, I have to say, that was an unexpected thing that I heard come out of her mouth the first time that she said it to me. Toastmasters is all about helping you become a better speaker, but and the other thing I thought, well, she means nonfiction writing then. I bet it would help you to become a better nonfiction writer because Stephanie's telling us about how she became a better fiction writer from it. So if you start thinking about all the things that Toastmaster teaches, then you start thinking, oh, yeah, I guess I can see how that would work. So I hope you enjoy the interview. It is coming to you on Thursday, January 25th, 2018, and I'm just recording this introduction a couple of days earlier. I wanted to remind you, if you're liking the show, please go ahead and hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to it on a podcast app on your phone, you can do that, or if you're listening on iTunes, you can hit the subscribe button, then you'll be notified every time there's a new episode to listen to. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can do the same thing, hit subscribe, and then every time there's a new episode, you'll be automatically notified and I would love it if you would tell your friends that would be a huge help to me too all right that is it for announcements for me this week I hope that you enjoy the interview Hello and welcome to the Right Now Workshop podcast. I am happy to have as our guest today, Stephanie Shackelford. Stephanie has been creating stories all of her life and some have actually been written down, although none of them have been formally published yet. Currently, she's a freelance graphic designer creating flyers, business cards, book covers, and more from Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you, Kitty. It's good to be here. It's good to be here with you. And now I happen to be watching you on video here, and I see you've got a cute little cat who keeps walking into the picture. So, yes, well, DV. DV. All right. DV, you're going to be famous. <laughs> so, you're going to talk to us a little bit about Toastmasters, which I just find really interesting. I remember the first time we kind of had this beginning of the discussion, I was like, but I don't understand that speaking. What does that have to do with writing? So tell us a little bit about what is Toastmasters? What's its mission? And what did you start getting out of it yourself? Okay. Toastmasters is an organization dedicated to public speaking. It's helping its members to increase their communication and leadership skills. And we have um, local clubs all over the all over the U.S., all over the world, actually. And each club runs a little bit different. They, they can run their own, have their own rules and, and ways of doing things. But basically, we have a time of formal speeches and evaluations and what we call table topics, which is extemporaneous speaking. Oh, so I love extemporaneous up, speaking. <laughs> and, and you learn how to speak for one to two minutes on a topic that you don't know anything about until the question's thrown out there. Um, I joined back in 2000. Uh, I was a member for about four or five years and then not for a while because we moved around and all. Yeah. And I'm now involved in a Toastmasters where, I've, where I'm living for about a year and a half or two years. But the reason I joined was because I kept wanting to say things to groups of people. And when I would get up to speak, I would not be able to say what I wanted to. And this one particular time, it was something very important. And I felt, when I sat down, I felt I didn't make my point. 
because uh. I froze up and I didn't think I was afraid of the audience, but I froze up and I said, that's not going to happen again. So I went to find out if there was a Toastmasters in my area and there was. So, wow. I, okay. I that's really yeah. interesting. I, I like, I like the reasoning, you know, why that you did it, that um, something just, it's actually the reason why we do lots of things. Something mm -hmm. bugs us. We have a problem and then we are looking for a solution. You found a solution. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yes. Okay. So, so it started helping your speaking, right? Which Definitely is what it was supposed did. to. Yes. Yeah. A friend of mine actually told me that she could tell just after a couple of months in the conversations that we had that I was communicating more effectively. Nice. So it definitely helped with the speaking. Okay. And then now you've been a fiction writer for, well, gosh, you and I have known each other for, I hate to even use a number, but it has two digits <laughs> in it. 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe not 40. <laughs> no, not 40. <laughs> I've been creating stories that long, but not actually writing them down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so we've known each other for a really long time. And I think that the way we met is because we were in a writer's group together. So I've always known you as a fiction writer. So how did, when in your writing career, did you join Toastmasters? And when did you start seeing that there was a change in your fiction and nonfiction, if you wrote any nonfiction? Well, I joined Toastmasters, like I said, for four or five years in 2000. Um, uh, that was what five four or five years after you and i had met and we had actually moved away from actually you had moved away from arizona That's and i right. had moved away also yeah. so we weren't we were still in contact but not seeing each other regularly not involved in the same writers group i did not realize how toastmasters was helping my writing until recently when i was talking oh. <laughs> oh how we funny were, yeah i i do things very intuitively a lot of times i won't realize until um much later that um why i did something or how or what influenced what i did right and i did not realize until we were talking really consciously that toastmasters had helped my writing Okay. I, I was using some of the things I was learning in Toastmasters, and I was also using things I'd learned in writing to help with my Toastmasters speak, speaking, right. um, which, you know, I didn't realize until I actually consciously focused on it. Right, right. Okay, can you give us any examples of something? I, I understand that you're an intuitive writer, more of a, a pantser than a plotter, right? Mm -hmm, so, yeah. um, but do you, do you have some... Um, trying to figure out something that would help the listener to understand like what they might be able to get out of Toastmasters, how it could help their writing. Right. Well, the, the most obvious one that I realized right away was the fact that your body language needs to reflect what you're saying. If you're, you've got a great big smile on your face, but you're saying something mournful, people aren't going to believe you're sad or vice versa. And so that translates with the, into the writing by adding actions that the character, you know, to the, what the character's doing, not just saying she said, right. You know, for example, in one of my stories that you've read, this girl is trying to figure out why these animals are dying. They're, they've been poisoned, but she can't seem to antidote them. And she 
when when I had written the scene to begin with, she goes in and sees the one of the animals has died, and you know her shoulders slump, and she said, but when I went to edit it, I uh, you know instead I can I can add impact to that because I know I need to change her body language. You know she froze in place. She whispered, no no no, not again. So right. knowing what I need to add helps me to consciously make things better. Right. Okay. So you're telling me that in Toastmasters, one of the things that they teach you is how to use your body language when you're yes. giving a speech? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And so then you were just unconsciously for a while applying it to your fiction. Yes, definitely. All right. That's, that's really... I was, I was just going to say, Toastmasters has a curriculum that you follow. When you first join, you have the... The curriculum is the basis. You can do other projects, but the competent communicator is a set of 10 speeches that each focuses on a different aspect. One's organizing your speech, one's using vocal variety or another's body language. So there's 10 of those and they focus on different areas of your speaking. And you can go through that manual as many times as you want. Wow. Practicing those particular, um, those particular lessons. Right. And by reading through those lessons, I can consciously see, okay, how, how can I incorporate this into my writing? Right. For example, you know, one is on research. You have to um, prove your point using your research, either facts or stories, anecdotes or whatever. So like in a, in a story where I wanted to give, have something happen that seems like a coincidence and we know you can't have coincidences in in fiction. (laughs) I'd have to set up that it's not really a coincidence. So say something is happening in this neighborhood at the very beginning of the story, I can have somebody quote that, well, th- that particular thing happens every two or three years. I'm not sure what hap- why this happens, but this happens every two or three years. It's getting about time for something, you know, th- whatever that thing is to happen. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I hadn't thought of that until I was looking through the, the Toastmaster manual, the research project. Right. Okay. Now, um, do you find that you're doing more research then, or is it the same, just the same amount, just in a different way, do you think? Probably the same amount. It's, it's more just consciously looking at a aspect. When when I'm in the editing process, I'm not doing it at all when I'm in the creating the story process it's when okay this is what I I want to refine the story and make it better and I you know I read it and I see the the point that I need to pull out of it and so how can I do that and if a story that needed some facts or something to reinforce whatever the point is then yeah 
Okay, so I'm I'm beginning to um to notice a pattern I think in in the way that you're explaining this. So kind of it sounds to me that the point is is that Toastmasters makes you think about what you're going to say and how you're going to say it and how you're going to present it. And you started noticing that you were thinking more about what you were doing with the words when you were in the editing stage. Yes, that's a very good way of putting it. Like I oh. said, I don't consciously <laughs> put things together, but yes, you caught that. <laughs> I like it. That yeah. actually makes me really interested. Okay, so so now I'm thinking about the um, the program that you said they they put you through. You know, the the ten different kinds of of um, lessons or speeches, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so we talked about research and that um, you started finding better ways to add something in. Is that right? Uh, Better Uh, ways to put your research into the story when you're editing? Right. Okay. And then one of the other things was body language. I have to say that um, the best thing that I ever did that taught me more about body language and how, again, like you said, we do so many things unconsciously that it's harder sometimes when you want to write something and you're like, I don't know how to say it. Like, what, what should I, what am I trying to say here? But I can't picture it because it's all kind of unconscious. But I took a uh, improv class once in Los Angeles. And it was so interesting. Um, the thing that, that stuck with me the most was, and I had been doing it every day at work for my whole adult life, but the way that we had done this one um, improv thing where the person to your right was above you and the person to their right was above them and, and mm-hmm. vice versa, uh, or, and continuing, I mean, and then the person to your left was below you and the person to their left was further below them. And it was how you interacted which, with each of these people. So you were respectful to your boss, super respectful to the boss above them, you know, Mm -hmm. probably less respectful to the person under you, really less respectful to the person under them or Mm -hmm. whatever. And, and they were making these, you know, everything was a game. So it was totally fun, Mm -hmm. but I went home thinking, oh my gosh, first of all, I need to think about how do I treat people and do I treat them in a way that I actually find to be appropriate regardless of you know, society's norms. But then eventually, yeah, it did kind of work its way into my writing where I was like, oh, you know what? This person, he's, he should be the boss, but he won't take the the boss position, which means that somebody has to be the boss. So this other guy does. And the other guy, he leads the team, but he does sort of defer sometimes to the guy that everybody knows should be the boss. And, and I'm like, oh, I could really do more with that now that I, you know, can really see it and play with it. Right. Yes. And have you done that in your writing? Like really gone into it more and went, oh, how fun can I make this? Yes. So like I said, I'm still learning to do it consciously because it's only been recently that I've consciously noticed it. But yes, I'm looking at different scenes and what I'm wanting to portray in that scene and so how can i make it better and i'm starting to look through the toastmasters manual and see if there are things that will help me do that right right and have you found anything else besides the body language and um the research Um, yes, I have some notes here. Well, there, the rhetorical devices, I sort of already used alliteration and simile and metaphor, 
but I'm a little more conscious of and triads do use doing something three times I um, I, I do that sort of unconsciously but yeah um, note like I said noticing it helps um, the one thing that really surprised me was when I realized that the way we do evaluations had found its way into my editing process. Ah, tell um, us about that. The evalu we evaluate everything. In fact, I think that is the major strong point of Toastmasters. You get immediate feedback on the uh, speeches that you give. You get some specifics on what you are doing well. If you're a new Toastmaster and the only you know, you've only done your first speech, which we call an icebreaker, you get praised for having the courage to get up in front of people. And you don't get every little thing nitpicked. You get told what you did well and one or two things that you can improve on. If you're a more experienced Toastmaster, then there, you may get more feedback, but all of it is positive and supportive. It's what you are doing well, what you did effectively, and how you can improve. And when I tend to get really down on my writing because it doesn't come out the way I envision it in my right. head. And so it's like, well, this is just trash. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I walk away from it. I, I started when you and I talked, I realized that in the process of trying to improve my editing process I had actually changed the way I looked at my writing instead of seeing all of it as as bad I was starting to pick apart okay this is good I need to keep this this is saying what I wanted to say but I just want to to, po to polish it up to refine it and make it say it better and how do I do that so that wow. was very helpful I, and I realized it was because of the renewed experiences I've had with Toastmasters with the evaluations of you know you look at what you're doing well and how you're being effective yeah and then you only work on one or at most two things to improve ah I like it and it seems to me that that particular um area with the evaluations and stuff probably is something that you take with you into writers groups, particularly if they're oh, not operating that way. Have you, have you encouraged other people to, okay, let's just start with something positive first, everybody. Have you yes. had that experience? Yeah. Yes, definitely. I belong to a writer's group and we all write totally different fiction. It's only, it's only a group of, it fluctuates between four and 10 of us mm -hmm. that show up each time. We meet twice a month and a lot of times, because we write such different stuff, the others don't have the words to critique it well. Right. The, been, I write fantasy fiction, and I'm the only one. Well, not now. There's a, another fantasy writer uh, that joined us recently. But I was the only fantasy writer. And I'd be getting critiques that were like, okay, that's the way you do it in fantasy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't argue. I mean, that's, that would be counterproductive. <laughs> I would take what they said and I'd say, okay, well, then I need to make, make it a little more clear. Um, but I, I have, when I give critiques, I do try to say, this is what you're doing well. It looks like you're trying to say this and you did that well. So, yes, I, I definitely have carried how to do evaluations over into critiquing. 
That's a great idea. I know that not all groups are there yet. So this yeah. is definitely something that I'm, I'm glad you brought up because I think it's an encouragement to people who are in a writer's group that mm-hmm. you can try to get most everybody, everybody would be even better. If you can mm-hmm. try to get most people on the same page with this is the way we're going to do it, which in fact, the writer's group that you and I met in, I think that was my first writer's group ever, uh, the Tempe Christian Writers Club mm-hmm. or writer's group, depending on what year it was, it's how we yes. ended it. Was it a yes. club or a group? I don't know. But, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> but I remember that was like kind of the rule when, when we first came in and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I've never been part of a writer's group, but that sounds like a great rule. You know, you have to start with something positive mm-hmm. and, and you need to try not to be defensive. That was another thing. Yes. <laughs> now, um, is that, is that something that the, the uh, trying not to be defensive, is that something that you got any better at due to Toastmasters and all those evaluations? It just occurs to me that like people are starting to get tougher and tougher on you as you're there longer. No, actually, um, it's not something I struggled with a lot. At the very beginning, when I first joined the club I wanted to explain well this is what I was trying to say and this is what I said you know and I was feeling like well why didn't you see it it's obvious to me there was a part of me that realized well if it's not obvious then I need to listen you know um so I it's not something I struggled with a lot although there were the times that I wanted to to argue well no it's obvious yeah yeah (laughs) what I was trying to do is obvious (laughs) Um, but now it's like, if somebody doesn't get what I'm saying, sometimes I know it's because, well, they don't read fantasy and I can tell by what they're saying. It's like, they don't get it. They, they want me to explain a little more about the oddness of the world. And it's like, well, fantasy writers know to hold all this stuff in their minds for the first chapter to get all the odd stuff, to figure out how this world is different from the real world. Right. Um, And the some of the people in the group you know they can't remember that two two weeks before i had something in that four pages that i read and i'm not going to say it again right in that four pages that i read yeah but usually whatever they say does have a grain of of something that i can use which is what i take from it and that that is something that i've learned yeah um, from toastmasters and from being part of critique groups yeah, that's a good point because sometimes it's hard to either you're not in a place where you want to hear what people have to say or they just really don't get you, which is totally fine. I mean, I went to uh, I went to grad school in another country mm-hmm. that, you know, they spoke English, but still it's a totally different culture. And here I am writing superhero, romance, urban fantasy, and other people are mostly writing, you know, pretty literary stuff. Not everybody, but there is a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somebody's writing about this, um, this massive flood in this town from the standpoint of a tree that didn't get taken down in the flood. And I'm just in my head going, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, how am I? And you're just sitting there for the whole five minutes going, I have to think of something positive to say. Um, I really like your descriptions, <laughs> you know, but I am not the target audience for this. I have no idea what's good or bad about it because this does not sound like a story I would ever want to read, but then it would come around to me and people are looking at me like, what? 
superheroes. <laughs> and, and somebody said, superheroes are so passe. Like we have too many stories about them. This will never sell. And I'm just like, and that was long. That was like, ten, what, eight years ago. So yeah. before all more, all the Marvel sh- that's right that's right so I think it's really helpful for all of us to just try to remember we are not always the target market (laughs) for whatever but we can always find something to be encouraging about and I, I think it's great that you were learning from going to Toastmasters all the time like how many people were looking for what you were doing well and making sure that you knew it yes that was a big blessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, do you feel like um, in your rewriting and editing and stuff like that, um, do you, are you remembering or, or being consciously aware of things where you're like, well, I think I'm going to leave this in because I got a lot of good feedback on it? And I keep putting you on the spot as somebody who's more of a pantser, not a plotter. You can tell <laughs> I'm such a plotter because I have all these plotter kinds of questions <laughs> for you. <laughs> um like you and I were just talking about a character we were on the phone a week or so ago we were talking about one of your characters and whether or not you should leave in the this potential love triangle love interest thing that was in one version and but not in one version and and we were talking through like the kind of the pros and cons but Mm -hmm. but also that we just we liked the character yeah. So yes, I mean it's hard sometimes to edit things out that I really like. Last night I was reading through when I was supposed to be outlining and making sure I was only pulling out the must-have scenes. I got sucked into reading through my right script, and I'm like, I wrote that. You know, ten years ago I wrote it. Or <laughs> you know, maybe we shouldn't be saying how long it's taking me to write this book, but. but I got sucked. It's like, oh, yeah. And then I get to this scene that's obviously another draft, but it's a really good scene, but it, it has, it's after a lot of the action, but it's not written as though it's after the action. Right. It's like, okay, well, do I leave this scene in? And it's like, that's when I remembered, oh, well, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, Stephanie. You're supposed to be pulling out the must-have scenes, and then you can decide what other scenes remain. (laughs) Now, so uh, when you're, like, it happens to be we're um, making this uh, interview recording at the middle of December, and just this morning, you were at Toastmasters giving a speech, right? Yes, that's right. Okay. So um, when you were preparing the speech and trying to decide you know, whatever it is that you decide when you're creating a speech. Uh, Were there moments when you were like, well, I want to leave this part in because it's cool, but then I'll be over the allotted number of minutes and and that because you get graded on whether or not you stick to the time, right? Yes, there's a certain time. Yes, usually what I do now that I've gotten used to giving speeches, when I first started, they were all written out and and scripted and I, you know, had to, to go by what my notes were but usually now I, I get it together and get the facts that I want or the stories or whatever I want and the order and then I write out wh- whatever notes I need to help me remember but in that are, are areas where I can either expand or condense 
if need be. And this particular time I had so much information because I was actually talking about this topic. I, I, I killed two birds with one stone. I prepared for this and I prepared for <laughs> Toastmasters at the same time. Nice. <laughs> and I had a whole list of examples and some I didn't use because I noticed it's almost time. So I had to enter into my closing, which I knew was going to take about 30 seconds. So, yeah. Okay. So speaking as the plotter in the house right now, <laughs> it, it, you're making me think, okay, that would help me too. I've done a little bit of, um, well, I've done public speaking, but nothing like Toastmasters, um, like not really being taught how to do it. I just always mm -hmm. did it. I got involved in an extemporaneous writing or sorry, extemporaneous speaking group in high school. And I was like, oh, this is so fun. I just get to talk. <laughs> As you can imagine, I quite loved it. But um, so I can't believe I'm saying this because now this, 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 uh, this interview is going to go live and everyone will know and everyone will ask me how it's going. But I decided that in 2018, I'm going to take the Ray Bradbury cha challenge and write 52 short stories in 52 weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds equally exciting and terrifying. <laughs> yes. Now, Ooh. now my usual short story is 10 or 15,000 words long, which isn't really a short story. Anyway. No, that's not a short story. <laughs> no. But You're short I've, shorts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I've given myself a limit. I've told myself, I'm going to give myself one to one and a half hours to write. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to write it, Kitty, because, you know, I have, I have a job. I, you know, um, I have things to do. <laughs> other things, yes. I have other things to do. So I figure if I give myself 60 to 90 minutes, knowing that I need to get to the end of some sort of story by the end of that, um, by the end of that time, and then I'm going to give myself another 60 to 90 minutes to do all the editing and whatever else, you know, mm -hmm. I can do. Um, and this is just going to be an exercise just to see what happens, you know, what, what can come out of my brain. But because I've already been thinking for the last week or two, I think I'm going to do this thing. And I think I'm going to start it then in a couple of weeks. It's interesting. Um, the things that you're talking about, I'm beginning to finally see like how Toastmasters and speech writing really could you know, influence how you're writing stories and editing. It sounds like mostly it's the editing of stories for you. For me, it's the editing. Yes. Yeah. And then as the plotter, I was saying, oh, I can see how that would help me in the writing of yes. stories. <laughs> yes. It could probably help you in, in the writing. This is really interesting. I'm so glad that we decided to, to do this particular interview. Good. I like it. Good. Yes, I, in the, in preparing, I did a mind map, which can't be read right now because it's my chicken scratch handwriting, but <laughs> if I get it together into a, uh, I have a mind map program I can enter it into and it'll be readable, I can give you a link before this goes live so that others can see it because it, it has specifics of what's in each lesson and how oh. I, how I, have used it. So it's a mind map of, um, I, I am of the toast map of, of the, the toastmaster manual, the, oh. the speaking manual. <laughs> wow. So. Okay. Yeah. I do hope that you have time to do that before this goes out uh, and I'll put a link in the show notes so that everybody can see it. I'm really excited to see what that looks like. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. This has been great. Well, thank, you. thank you. I enjoyed it. <laughs> now, um, I know that you have a couple of websites because you do some uh, 
Well, actually, they're both kind of nonfiction. You tell us a little bit. You've got uh, your design website and then your Stephanie Shackelford website. And what are we finding on those? Yes, my Stephanie Shackelford website is just my personal website, which I have been pretty sporadic in putting anything up. And I have, haven't decided exactly what the goal is going to be, but I think I'm going to try to every day or five days a week next year write something, even if it's just, you know, a two-line quote, but uh, just to force myself to get, to be online regularly. Right. Uh, I've gotten to where I'm regularly writing something, even if it's only my journal, but I'm not online. I keep saying I'm going to get online and I'm not. So, um, but that would, most of what I write will be on that blog. That's okay. So it looks like you and I both have some lofty yes. 2018 yes. short well, writing I goals. I actually like your goals, so it might kind of morph into <laughs> writing stories too. So I, that could I like be that. really fun. <laughs> yeah, I like that that goal. And then my business site is sorosedesign.com, and that's where I mostly graphic design, but a little bit of web design and web hosting. I do there too. Excellent. I'm going to put links to both of those in the show notes because um, your, your whole name is long and not yes. necessarily easy to remember. Right. Uh, but also just to be clear to everybody, Stephanie has been doing my book covers the last several yes, months. And having so, a wonderful time doing it. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. If you need a book cover, you might have to look up Stephanie and see if she's yes. the woman for you. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks again. This really has been interesting. It's given me some food for thought. Thank you for inviting me. I enjoyed it. Cool. All right. Well, we'll talk to you more later. Thanks, Steph. Okay. Bye-bye. 